Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. When you fail, you just learn a lesson. But living your life with the idea that you could try and maybe your life would be different, but you didn't, that's really scary. My name is Spree Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. This episode is powered by the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program. We are helping enhancing the startup ecosystems in six different countries, four of which are based in the Balkans. And you get to meet really amazing people here. And not just that you share your know-how, you also get to learn a lot from these people here. My name is Nina Nikolic, and I am the Manager of Entrepreneurs in Residence and Ecosystem Facilitator for the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program here in Macedonia. Thank you so much for powering the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, empowering and celebrating women in tech around the world. And right now we are in Sofia, Bulgaria. Yes. And it is exciting being here meeting with these extraordinary women. I have our next guest for us. Welcome. Hi, everyone. And so go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. My name is Elitsa Stuyulova, and I'm founder and CEO of Omni. Our company basically do chatbots. Uh, we automate the communication of business with customers, doesn't matter if it's a B2B or B2C, as well as other uh, business process automation. I came back to Bulgaria two years ago after spending 22 years in hospitality industry in North Africa and Asia. Wow. So it was a dramatic change from being a general manager of a hotel the last five years to a founder of a startup, a tech startup. I mean, that, look, okay, first off, what brought you back? What brought me back uh, was um, one idea that uh, came to my mind that the time is passing and I'm far away from the people that are dear to me, my my family, my parents, my brother. And one day I realized I do not have memories with them for the last 22 years. I have great memories traveling all around the world, working in different countries, being a little bit nomadic on myself in the early years of uh, that movement. But I missed a, a huge part of uh, the life of my uh, close, the closest people to me, my family. So I decided uh, to do something being close to them. Do you ever miss where you were? Oh, no, never. Every place is fantastic you know, in its own way. Uh, give you lessons, give you treasures to hold dear to yourself for a long time. And basically, you never can step in the same river twice. So... 
I do not sorry for any of the places I have left in my life. Did you say you can never step into the same year twice? Uh, that's also right. You cannot step in the same year twice, but I said you cannot step in the same river A twice. A river twice. <laughs> but basically you cannot step in the same year twice, isn't it? <laughs> you can never step in the same river twice. That's interesting. I've never heard that, that saying before. Yeah, it's a local saying. That's nice. And okay, so tell us about your company. Omni is a startup that uh, we finish, actually I finish uh, the Founder Institute Accelerator at the beginning of the year. It was maybe the largest challenge of my life for the last years because uh, I entered the accelerator without team, without clear idea what I want to do and without any tech knowledge. And in four months uh, going through this uh, They say it's a boot camp for Navy SEAL entrepreneurs. It's true. Um, I had to do everything from scratch, uh, creating from idea to business uh, what Omni is today, as well as learning about technology, about what's going on today in this world of communic digital communication, everything from scratch. It was an amazing journey, and I love every second of it. What would you say... In loving every second, it's never easy growing a company. What would you say is the biggest obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I think the, the largest part of and the biggest challenge I had to overcome was switching my mind from employee to employer. I mean, having your own business and developing it. Because even your general manager, if you have quite a lot of freedom of doing what you want in the business, you're still reporting to the owner. And he, the responsibilities are at a different level and they're not big. If you don't like something, you just step out, you go, you switch the job, no problem. But being an owner of your own business and um, basically developing it from the scratch, you're living with it. It's 24-7 Um, something that you wake up with and you go to bed with, in addition to your husband. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, this mindset was, I believe, the most challenging part that I had to overcome uh, because you act and think differently when you're owner and especially if you're developing uh, a new business from scratch. I mean, really when uh, a lot of people before they become Uh, startup founders, they think that um, having a startup equates to freedom. Would you say that it equates to freedom? Huh. Depends what you mean freedom. Uh, yes, I have freedom to decide what time my day will start. But also that's the obligation of me to finish it not at 5 p.m. but at like 3 o'clock in the morning if I start late. So uh, in the startup, uh, I would say that your freedom equal, equals to your responsibility. It's responsibility to your own uh, business, to your idea, how much you are devoted to it and how much you want to succeed. And it's a more of a responsibility than a freedom to the crew that at one point start believing in your idea and your uh, and in your company. And you want them to succeed together with you. How many, how big is your company now? Um, if we count uh, the lawyer and the accountant, we are five people. <laughs> and, and it's been around for how long? Um, the, we registered the company September last year, but basically I count the birthday, the demo day at the Founder Institute, which is February 28th this year. And that's where you conceived of the idea? Uh, that's when uh, my idea was ready to become a business and we started talking with our first customers. When did you conceive of the idea? 
somewhere in the process because when I entered the Founder Institute, I was there with uh, some sort of a reser reservation system for hotels because mm -hmm. hospitality and hotels were right. uh, kind of my thing. Um, but uh, Founder Institute and the accelerator process at all uh, found uh, helped me realize one very important thing that in time my life, I have been searching for ways to put the information of my business ahead right. where the customers are. So the customers can self-serve themselves, find what they need whenever they need it. And it doesn't, and it uh, kind of release uh, the pressure from my me and my staff. Right. So the customers come more educated, and they have higher level question where really um, the knowledge, the personality, the um, the skills that the staff have can be performed at their full potential. Right. And at the moment, I realized that because I have written in 2003 uh, my first website in HTML, I had to study HTML as a sales and marketing person in hotels so because I needed a website then I was blogger then I was in Facebook on various accounts uh, I uh, printed 190 pages guidebook myself and uh, printed it for seven years yeah and and it's, what goes into printing isn't just writing up a guidebook you have to format it lay it out put yes, it together find I, the printer and I did everything myself design finding sponsors and printing it so all these uh, have served one idea, uh, one main purpose is to put the information when the customers are. At the moment at Founder Institute, I realized that there is technology about that. I was like, okay, that's my thing. That's my next step. It's the logical step I can do. Move to technology and help other businesses that have this problem that I have encountered as a manager and then as a director and general manager, as a business person, help them solve their issues. I love it. And what is the part that excites you the most every day? Why choose this life of thinking about something 24-7 versus being an employee? I love the creativity portion of it. I think if we talk about freedom at startup, that's where the freedom is. Uh, you're allowed to be as creative in your work as much as you can. And it also gives me the feeling that I'm part of what will happen uh, in human life in near future. Like being portion of it, trying to bring this future close to people today. Um, I share with you a few minutes ago before this interview that I just came back from China. And I was amazed how these people even don't use cash and credit cards in the store anymore. anymore. Uh, they are walking into a, a store that looks more like a museum because there is only one item from each thing. Yeah. And they pay with QR codes and that's all. No cash, no I credit need, cards. I need to go to China. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an experience on its own. But you see, they already live in some uh, sort of future. They have created their their day to day is something that can be our potential future, and for me, uh, being able to travel around, to read the information, and to uh, collect it together, to look for new ways for service to be done that is better for people, faster, easier, and more efficient, uh, that's really excites me every day. And you've brought up the Founders Institute a few times. What is the Founders Institute? Oh, Founder Institute is uh, the largest Silicon Valley uh, accelerator. Uh, it is more like a pre-accelerator, helps uh, new startups build their business from scratch, from idea to a clear business model that's ready to go on the market. 
Um, they originally come from Silicon Valley, but they are now presented in 165 cities around the world, uh, including in uh, Sofia here. And I am one of the seven companies that finished season three. I'm proud to say that there were 29 companies at the beginning, but only seven survived to the Whoa. finale. Yeah. So I'm a little proud of myself doing You this. should be. And, and when you first joined Founders Institute, you didn't have the idea that you ended up creating. So what moved you to join Founder or apply to Founders Institute in the beginning? When I came back to Bulgaria last year, I I was not sure what I want to do because uh, although I had my life uh, in the tropical islands in the Pacific Ocean from where I came, I spent last 17 years there. I came back to Bulgaria not as uh, elitist to with the general manager and consultant of the local government and stuff like that. I came like just elitist to that nobody knows. Right. So I thought myself, okay, if nobody knows me, I don't know anything. I still have to get used to back to the life in Europe and in my own country. Why don't I try to do something new? Right. I mean, I always can be a general manager of a hotel, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty safe background. Um, but I thought I shall use this momentum and see if I'm capable of doing something different. And um, I, by accident, end up in one of the lectures of Founder Institute before the season of the accelerator began. At that lecture, they were talking about uh, entrepreneurship DNA. And they gave us access to a test. Yeah. That's a two-hour test that would tell them if you're capable to be an entrepreneur or no. And I did it mostly for fun because, anyway, yeah. I have nothing special to do. I was curious. I was like, okay, let's see. To my surprise, three days later, I got email that I'm one of the few that passed the test. And I was like, and I can join the founders. It was like, whoa, so what shall I do with all that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I never thought I'll end up uh, being a founder of tech startup. But um, I believe that when a door open, you shall not quit that door without look what's inside for you. When did technology first interest you? That's a good question, and I have uh, an unusual answer. In 1995, 1996, many years ago, um, my brother, by the way, is IT person. He's a programmer. Uh, and that time he was already in IT. Um, Ask me one day, like, sis, okay, so can you show me your computer? And I pointed to the monitor, and he told me, you know what? Until you can make difference between mouse, monitor, and computer, and keyboard, I will never talk to you. So that was the start uh, of my interest uh, in computers. Was like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I can, <laughs> that I cannot make a difference uh, between a computer and monitor and point at the monitor. Um, so that time I took a few classes, and one of them was HTML. Then I also did Photoshop and a couple other classes. And um, this knowledge was very helpful to me afterwards as a sales and marketing manager. And as I said. I wrote my first, in 2003, I wrote website uh, because I needed. Um, so since then, I always have been uh, interested in um, technology and how technology changed the way we live, but also the way we think and communicate. What would you say, I usually don't ask this, but I feel prone to ask it. What would you say is the most challenging part about being a new founder? 
when you are down to get up. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because it happens yeah, a lot. Every day and a lot. It's every no you and tired. Yeah, yeah. you're tired, uh, you don't have enough sleep, it's twenty four seven and you hear no most of the times or it's impossible or we're not interested because uh new technologies always face a kind of adoption time for even for even for businesses that are open to they're they're careful. So this waiting uh, when you'll hear yes, it's hard. And also it's hard when you fail just to say, okay, never mind. That's just a failure. You get up, you go forward. Somewhere there, there is somebody who totally loves you and wait for you. And do you have, do you have investors or are you um, self-maintaining? Uh, what are the technicalities of your company? Uh, right now, we have customers, uh, so we are very happy. Uh, we are about to release a chatbot for a medical center that assists uh, basically automate the reception of the medical center. We are about to release a chatbot of a Bulgarian singer, so um, and two hotels chatbots are in about to get to the finale too. So we have various customers uh, that helps us financially. Um, we are bootstrapped. Uh, basically, uh, family, friends, our own reserves and what comes as a return from the customers. And we have a couple of projects that we are look, looking for uh, investors or sponsors. What's it look like to be a customer? What's the customer experience? The customer experience means those that use the chatbots or customer experience are the companies that implement chatbots. Both. Because they both are customers. Both. Both. Um, it's not a secret. It's all over the news, uh, various um, research institutes like Gartner or Business Insider are saying that chatbots in the next year, year and a half, will be like 85% of the communication of all businesses worldwide. Uh, so the technolo technology is no, nothing new. Um, and a lot of customers and more and more customers are getting used to communicating with chatbots because chatbots allow them to receive the information when they need it, the way they need it, without, please hold on, your phone call is extremely important for us. Yeah, every, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. hates that. Yeah. yeah. Um, what we can say is that the customers, the final customer that use the chatbot is much more ready these days to use chatbot because um, the last 10 years of development of technology have brought uh, the customers in in total to a culture of self-service. You know, what happened when you have a question is you go to Google. Right. You know, th that's a culture of self-service. And people are ready to the next step when they have question to business to self-serve themselves. Actually, there are statistics that 67% of the customers who succeed to solve problem with a product or with company without talking with staff of the company yeah. feel extremely satisfied by that. So I would say that uh, the experience of the final customer is really positive and the customers are looking for that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is more uh, a novelty for the businesses themselves. Um, there is a little fear like, oh, wow, robots will take our jobs. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's look uh, to the reality. And the reality is, yes, 
the law of Pareto is 80% of 80-20. The law of Pareto works everywhere. So 80% of the questions that customers have repeat and they yeah. deserve to be automated. Yeah. Leave to the staff, to humans, the other 20% that really deserve the yeah. time and the attention. And then your staff will have more time to pay better attention to customers. You have more satisfied customers. You have a higher level of satisfaction of the staff in their performance because they'll have more interesting things to do than answer, okay, the restroom is to the left, the restaurant is on second floor, the spa open at eight o'clock, like all that kind of stuff that... Every, everybody who has been in that kind of a job knows that they answer the same questions over and over again 10,000 times for the customers for the first time for them. It's a waste of human time. Yeah. We humans shall use our time uh, more in a better yeah. way, more creative way. Uh, how is your chatbot company better than all the other competitive chatbot companies out there? Most of... I, I cannot talk for about the entire world because I don't know all the competitors in the entire world. Uh, but traditionally, chatbots are used mostly for digital marketing as part of uh, the funnel, uh, automating uh, part of uh, the marketing of the business. Our chatbot company uh, concentrates more on projects that are... Uh, business problem solvers. We're looking into developing uh, business chatbots. Means the chatbot you create becomes a virtual virtual employee of the company. Right. And help both the uh, customers of the company and the staff. So to look at a chatbot as a virtual employee. Yes. Uh, of course, we are doing it now at very basic level. We don't use AI. Um, we do not have yet the scale uh, to do AI, but even the products we do now um, really help the business solve several problems, starting from uh, the need to serve customers when there is nobody at work, uh, serve customers in languages that the staff doesn't talk about uh, serve uh, customers when you have limited staff and so some the, you miss a phone call from yeah. the customers because your staff is already fully um, busy with other customers. These are these are valuable uh, problems that every single business has and with the technology that exists today can be easily solved. Is there anything else you wanted to say that you didn't say? Never quit on your idea without trying to do it. That's really powerful. I know it's so simple, but it's so scary to try sometimes. Yes, but more scary is to think entire life, what if that's more painful and really more scarier. It's scarier than just try. You know, failure is just part of the game and it's actually can be fun. You just, when you fail, you just learn a lesson. But living your life with the idea that you could try and maybe your life would be different, but you didn't, that's really scary. Thank you so much for sharing your story. How can people connect with you further and find out more? Our website is umni.co and we have our contact information there. Um, so, or they can use, they can look for us also on LinkedIn. And can you spell your name for everybody that wants to look you up on LinkedIn? Okay. My name is uh, E-L-I-T-Z-A dot S-T-O-I-L-O-V-A. This is my ID on LinkedIn. 
Perfect. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Has this been your first podcast? Yes. First ever. Yeah. Woo. If you go on and connect with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight to the Facebook group. Say hello on social, at, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Women in Tech Show. I will talk to you guys here. You guys see you guys in the next episode. Bye. My name is Elitsa Stulva. I am founder and CEO of Omni, a tech startup from Sofia, Bulgaria, that automates the communication between business and customers using the chatbot technology. And you are listening right now, Women in Tech. It would not be possible to celebrate all these women in tech who have been extraordinary here in the Balkan region without the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program. And I'd like to welcome Nina to talk a little bit about what Swiss EP is. Thank you so much for powering the Women in Tech podcast. We are helping enhancing the startup ecosystems in six different countries, four of which are based in the Balkans. We are working in emerging markets and supporting young entrepreneurs, but also the supporting organizations like Incubator Accelerator. We started a program called Entrepreneurs in Residence, which means that experts can come and work with our startup founders here and startup teams and supporting organizations. We cover accommodation and travel expenses. And you get to meet really amazing people here. And not just that you share your know-how, you also get to learn a lot from these people here. My name is Nina Nikolic, and I am the manager of Entrepreneurs in Residence and ecosystem facilitator for the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program here in Macedonia. To find out more about the Swiss Entrepreneurship Program, go to entrepreneur-in-residence.net. That's entrepreneur-in-residence.net. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.